All right. Well, let's open with prayer. Uh, Lord Jesus, we thank you for this time we can be together because we belong to one another. And on this All Saints Day, Lord, we thank you for those that, that have gone before us, who lived out the faith, and those who will come after us, who one day will hearken back to our name. And we pray that it will be that they will say, we have run the race with perseverance. We crossed the finish line strong. So, Lord, I just pray for this time. Open us up to your Holy Spirit. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. It's called the twelfth man factor. The twelfth man. And, and the, uh, the concept of the twelfth man really was trademarked uh, out of Texas at Texas A&M. And it, it comes out of a story where in 1922, Texas A&M football team was playing Center College. They were the defending champions. And Center College was a favorite. And the Aggies were facing off with them. And they had great odds against them. And one of the things they did is in that first half, they played valiantly. They, they played courageously, and, and they actually did pretty well. But they had huge injuries. And they had the screaming crowd, a huge uh, crowd for that day in a football stadium. And because of injury after injury after injury, they were running out of players. And, and you're only allowed to have 11 on the field for your team at any time. And so the coach, Coach Dana Bible, wouldn't you love a name like that? Coach Bible. I mean, how do you say no to that? How do you say no to him? Coach Bible looked up into the stands. And there was a fellow by the name of E. King. He had been on the football team, but because of the regular season and it wrapping up and postseason beginning for football, he had to start with the basketball team, and you could only play one sport at a time. And so he called him out of the stands, and he motioned for him. And he said, I need you. Going into the second half, I have more injuries than I know what to do with. And so he doned himself in, in pads and, and, and the uniform of an injured player. And he stood on the sideline. And at the end of the game, the Aggies won 22-14. to 14. And this, this fella remained as the last one to stand. And they interviewed him after the game, and they said, you know, what were you thinking? You were called out of the crowd. Uh, they call you the 12th man. What is it that uh, you were thinking? And he said, you know, I would have loved to go gone in and said I won the winning touchdown. But I wasn't called upon, but I was willing and ready. I'm just glad we won. And so that whole theory of the 12th man comes from the idea that there's a great crowd and the impact of a crowd at a stadium. Maybe you read recently where, uh, where Nick Saban uh, was communicating to the media and he he uh, scolded the Alabama fans for leaving uh, games even where they were, they were totally blowing out the opponent because his theory was, and I think he's right, 
His theory is those in the stands are part of the team. Well, gang, today on this All Saints Sunday, I want to say that there are those in the stands. There, there's a 12th man factor that has come into play in your life and my life as followers of Jesus. And I want us to kind of get a glimpse of what the writer of Hebrews says about this. And the good news is I only have three verses for you today to read with me. And, uh, and we're going to do that together. This is Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. And whenever you see a therefore, you ask, what's the therefore, therefore? All right, so here we go. You ready? Therefore, since we are surrounded by a, a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders us and the sin that so easily entangles us, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, considering him who endured such oppression from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. For the purpose of, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. And, and so the writers of Hebrews starts out with, Since, therefore, we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. Another translation would say, crowd, as well as cloud. And I want to say that is the twelfth man factor. That is part of the crowd. And I want us to break down the demographics of that crowd that is cheering you on and the first is our lord and savior our redeemer jesus christ the wonderful news for us today is we can be encouraged that our redeemer jesus christ is represented in that great crowd of witnesses and the scripture says that jesus in, endured the cross despising the shame what does that mean that means he didn't want to have to go through the pain and the suffering and the rejection associated with the cross. And so he despised that shame. He wanted to move away from it. He wanted to avoid it, just like any of us. But he chose to move through it. And we can draw encouragement because he has entered into every kind of circumstance that we've entered into. Jesus Christ knows all of our sufferings. He knows our joys. He knows those good emotions. He knows those difficult emotions. And the wonderful thing is now he has received his heavenly reward and he sits at the right hand of God the Father. And so he is an overcomer. He's been through it all. And if you're feeling lonely today, if you're feeling isolated today, if you're feeling like, man, this doesn't happen to anybody else, I want to say to you, if nothing else, hear me on this, Jesus has been through it. In fact, he could have had the t-shirt that said, been there, done that. He really could. And so I want to say that in that crowd, the 12th man factor comes into play. That great cloud of witnesses and Jesus as overcomer, as the victorer, is in that crowd. And he's cheering us on. 
Let's continue to break down the demographics of that crowd. We find that on this All Saints Day, there are people who have preceded us in death. And as followers of Christ, we believe that mystically they enter into communion with us. Oh, we can't speak to them. They can't speak to us. But we believe that they are part of that great cloud, crowd of witnesses. They belong to us and we belong to them. Fred Craddock tells the story, Dr. Craddock tells the story about how he went from Atlanta to his uh, old little village that he grew up in in Tennessee, small town. And he walked in the church where he grew up, small country, rural church, in a very small county seat town. And he walked in, and he hadn't been there in probably 30 years, and he, he looked at the inside of the church, and he noticed something different. Sure enough, it was the stained glass windows. They were beautiful. I mean, they were unbelievable, almost majestic in the way the light shined into the church. And he, and he, he, he thought, you know, these, these are awesome. And, and he looked down below, and he saw these plaques. You've seen those with donor names. And, and so he, he wondered, he, he, he thought, I don't know these people. I grew up in this church, and these names of people who have donated, it doesn't have their date of death, who have donated these windows, I have not a clue who they are. And so he, he found a guy on the property, and he called him over, an old man. He said, i got to ask you a question. He said, you know, I grew up in this church. He said, I remember you. I remember you, Fred. He said, well, you remember that I grew up in this church, and, and there's something different. Is it these stained glass windows? He said, yeah. He said, let me tell you about it. They're especially made from Italy. And they were ordered and sent to a church in St. Louis, and they didn't fit. And so the company in Italy said, look, we, we're so apologetic. We want to make this right. And so we're going to send you a whole new set of windows. We're going to put those donors' names on theirs again. And so you can do what you want with them. You can sell them, give them away. And so we ended up with them. And he said, that's That's awesome. That's great. I mean, they're beautiful, and they, they enhance the sanctuary. But let me ask you, don't you want to remove the plaques of these people? And he said, you know, this town, the old man said, this town is so small, and this church is so small, and we don't get a lot of traffic through here. And so we kind of like it. When we come to church, knowing we're surrounded by a lot of other folks. <laughs> you know, that's what All Saints Day is. It's an opportunity for us to name those that loved us, that were a part of this church, and who we had a privilege in loving. Those who set before us an example of how to run the race and run it with endurance and perseverance and with a spirit of being co victors with Christ. And so today we want to take that opportunity. I think that's what the writer was saying is you're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses and today mystically we celebrate those individuals. And so I'm going to ask that we name these people 
who have died since the last All Saints Day, and we're going to call them out loud. And some of them, well, they were family members for you, or you were in a Sunday school class with them, or maybe you don't know who they are, but you know they belonged to this church. Now, after we name these nine, I want you to do something. Some of you have lost some loved ones, maybe friends, neighbors, and they're not the ones we've named. And there's a tenth candle. And that tenth candle will represent that one that you call out loud when that time comes. And so we're now going to hear the names. You'll see them on the screen. And let's give thanks for these individuals and what they meant to the kingdom of God, and the fact that they have eternal life with Christ. We now light the candles. Sarah Appling. Miriam Bell. Barry Bissonette. Rodney Byers. Jackie Johnson. Carol Mormon. Joyce Mooring. Ned Steele. Sandra Steele. Before we light this tenth candle, I want to invite you to call out names of those that have died since the last All Saints Day. That would have been the first Sunday in November of last year. Who you want to remember. We give thanks for these lives. Today's a good day. Today is a good day for all saints because, well, a couple of things. We give thanks once again that we were loved by these individuals and we had the privilege of loving them. We give thanks for their witness and their investment in our lives and in the lives of others. But here's good news. We'll see them again. 
because Christ overcame death. He robbed the grave of victory. He removed sting from death. We'll see them again. They simply outrun us to the big house, to the house. And for that, we're grateful that they are safe and sound where there's no more pain, no more suffering. And yet they are part, they are part of that crowd. And I believe that, like I said, mystically, they cheer us on today. People who have meant so much to us, followers of Christ, we will see them again. And I think that's why the writer of Hebrews said, don't grow weary. Don't lose heart. And so the demographics of the 12th man factor, the 12th player on the team, the crowd, one is Christ, who's lived and died and lives again. And the other are the saints who lived and died, and they live for eternity. But I have some others in the crowd, and you do too, and they're sitting next to you. You may want to look to the left or to the right. Ooh, that was awkward, wasn't it? Um, I mean, these are the folks. Think about it. Think about it. These are the folks who are willing to st stand at your bedside when you're in the hospital when nobody else might come. They're the ones who will weep with you at a funeral, or at least if they can't get there, they'll express their Christian sympathy to you and say, I stand with you. They're the ones who applaud you when you move through rites of passage, baptism, graduations. They pray for you when you get your learner's permit. <laughs> These are the ones that we belong to. And this, in part, is, is the 12th man. A couple of years ago, here at Martha Bowman, an adult daughter of a father longed and prayed that her father would come to know Christ at 79 years old he gave his life to Christ and he was baptized and she said to me this morning she said I kept saying to him daddy daddy I want to see you again and I want to see you in heaven. And I want to say to you, the wonderful thing is that we together encourage one another and we'll see each other again as followers of Christ. And if you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, let me encourage you to invite him into your heart because he's the champion. He's the greatest in that crowd that is cheering you on. And we want to see you again. We really do. But be encouraged. Because there is a great cloud of witnesses. There's a great crowd 
that is cheering you on, and it's the twelfth man factor. Jesus and the saints who've left us to go to heaven and the ones that are sitting around you. And while this is not our home, this world is not our home, with all of that and all of those in the stands, it's as though we have a home court, home field advantage. And Christ calls us to be victorious. Let us pray together. Lord Jesus, we thank you again for the names of the men and women who lived before us, authentic, genuine faith. They didn't just talk about it. They lived it in who they were in the character of Christ as they were an example before us. And so, Lord, we ask that you would help us to stand in that crowd on behalf of others, that we would cheer on, that we would encourage those who are around us. And today, most of all, Lord, we thank you that we belong. We belong to that crowd, and we belong to you. It's in the name of Christ that we pray. Amen.